When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. The co-hostiest with the mostiest, Jazzy Jay. You, you're getting you're getting better at your at your like little intros. How Jazzy Jay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, so everyone calm down. <laughs> Maui, Maui, Maui. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, my, my special guest though, who, uh, I really, honestly, I appreciate you coming in. This is our 58th episode and you've been more than willing to come on for every single episode so far. Truly generous that you're, you're willing to take so much time out of your busy, busy life to be here. Episode 58. Man, we're coming up on 60, Ben. We're coming up on 60. Almost si- time to retire. Oh my- <laughs> Almost time to retire. Hang up the old headphones. Yeah, and- <laughs> we don't even wear it. I, this is the thing. I Whenever I watch people like streaming or I watch anyone else podcasting, they have headphones on. And when I stream or when we podcast, no headphones. I'm no like, headphones. I'm like, are we doing something wrong or are they doing like, what am I missing here? Right. Why are you in headphones? Why am I able to get away with it? And you're not, or am I making, or am I committing serious foul? Well, okay. It's so funny because the, I think one of the very first podcasts that I was ever on where I didn't have somebody helping me like set up all of our space like one of the really really fantastic things about running like super carlin brothers as a business is that we have people in office who are much more technologically savvy than me i and and including you uh i didn't mean i the letter i am an a y e no 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 agreement i know i meant i meant though including you Oh, okay. Yeah, I understood what you meant. Uh, I didn't think you were you were being like me. Yes, that is my responsibility. <laughs> I, it is me <laughs> to, to guide you through the, the woes of how to set up a printer. Mm. Um, no, 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 I can't do that. <laughs> no one can do it. No one can do it. It is it is mind blowing to me that there is not like like Apple hasn't made a printer yet. I don't even know if it would be Apple, but like a company hasn't made the the printer. Yeah, like, you where's know. that Kickstarter? Right, you know, it, someone's just like. The here's here great Kickstarter idea for anyone just called all lowercase letters the printer that works. Yeah, that's it. You know what? And like that's that's it. Just make it full of ink. Make it work. Make don't. Here's the problem. Most printers they want to put in like a thousand extra features and like scanner and blah blah blah. It's just like all I want is to plug a USB cable into the back of my computer and for the computer to go, would you like me to print to that? And me to say yes. And that's it. Yes. And don't make it. Don't make it so that if you're out of yellow ink i can't print in black make the ink cartridges very full of ink so that it running out almost never happens almost never happens also what's with all the updates like i have a printer at home that i okay not to not to pat myself on the back too aggressively yeah. here it works well good i know you. i know okay. i know right. everybody right. is like pretty okay well, I, I, people on the edge of their seats people there. just switch to jazzy j all no right. well, well i yeah. don't know um but it's it's like one of these things where my computer constantly is like your epson 870x needs an update again and i'm like how how it does no it's it seems like the most rudimentary basic yeah. command known to computers do not is, need printer with software right 
Yeah, should should just be so easy. Right. So easy. We had we had a printer in 1995 and yes. it, and it worked. Like nothing has changed. I know. Like that this is exactly when we were kids, we got a printer and I like a game I would play was just like typing things into Microsoft Word so I could print them. Yeah. We had this like CD-ROM called Print Shop Deluxe and you could just like make greeting cards and banners and oh like my the gosh. worst the worst clip art things ever but for me as kid it was like I'm going to make stuff and print it and like this was I would do this for hours and you could like I knew I knew Print Shop Deluxe in and out in and out like, i feel you like want we to make made a, yeah an alarming number of calendars you want to make a calendar no problem it's easy yeah you want to make a banner of a dragon that's five pages long what 12 pages no problem <laughs> where's the tape mom yeah i need the, and, i need tape and scissors exactly i need i need to tape this dragon together i need to make a big old banner and doesn't need to say anything is it going to be 12 pages of green ink yes are we going to run out no Right. Somehow. Somehow. Because let me tell you, I never used as much ink as when I was a kid just printing stuff for the fun of it. For the pure joy of having put put an idea into the computer and created a real thing. Right. You know? Yes. It's and like, I mean, it was like having a, like a modern day 3D printer now. Yes. It's like, you know, it's like I could like print, you know, like a Mandalorian helmet. Like, how cool is that? Right. I, that's exactly the sort of thing, though. It might be like, look. I found a picture of a Mandalorian helmet and I put it on this Word document and then I printed it out. Can you believe it? <laughs> I taped it to my wall. I did, yeah. <laughs> These were the joys of being a child in the 90s. Yes. And those joys are gone because printers don't work anymore. Because they don't the work. The fact that people own, own, this is why things are going digital, right? It's not because, it's not because paper was messy and cumbersome. It's because somehow we lost the ability to put words on paper with a printer. Yeah, that's it. So that's like, it. I, I can't figure this out. What if I just send an email? I wonder if there's anyone out there who just understands their printer or it's been just working so consistently for so long for so well. For, yeah. That doesn't seem like the right gram, grammar, pronunciation, mm -hmm. word usage. Yeah. I don't know. Who, who like is not relating to this topic though. They're like, my printer always works. Yeah. Like, and it's like, no, it doesn't. It can't. It couldn't. Did you update it? Is that what we're doing wrong? I feel like I had, the last time I had a, a genuine printer that worked, it was when I was a, a freshman in college and it was just... It was so. It was exactly what I described earlier. It was just a, there was a USB cable that connected the printer to my laptop, and I would hit print, and it would print, and that was. But basic, basically, I've come to the conclusion that when you buy a new printer, that print, even even if it's that basic, even if you find one that works, it will only work through the first cycle of ink you have in it. And then, Once you're out of ink the first time, that whole printer has become garbage. Total system failure. Total system failure. Yep. Yep. No, absolutely. So anyway, though, we, we hopped on to printers because I was talking about my lack of maybe tech savviness, yeah. which even is, is a strange thing because I feel like your level of tech savvy is so dependent on the other people that are around you. Yeah. Right. Like it's the, like at home, I am like the tech savvy person. Right. So like if there's like a reason that like the this is like a, such a low hanging fruit. The Apple TV isn't working. Uh, it's like my responsibility to, to fix it. Right. You know, but like here at the office, I feel like I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. So it's like, if something technical goes wrong, like nobody would ever ask me, like I would not be the person to go to. Right. It's so for, weird. Right. For like a technical problem. So it, it's really funny how you can like not be the tech person in some circles and then be like the tech guru and others. So I don't know. I just, I personally think that's hilarious. But anyway, so I was recording a podcast cause we're talking about headphones, like yeah. why, like why some people wear them. Some people don't. And uh, we were doing it with actually Ethan, who edits this podcast for us. He has a podcast with our little brother uh, called Bacon and Eggs, where they it's a they do like movie reviews yeah. every week. 
And I remember, I think it was when Tyler got married. I was going to do like a, like a guest appearance to cover the a last moon or something. Yeah, it was. Yeah. To yeah. cover while they were, they were on their honeymoon. And I think we were talking about the last Jedi. And so if, if you want to go and check out my original thoughts on the last Jedi, when they were super fresh, I think I came out of it like super, super positive. I, I it's a very glowing review at that point in time. It's weird also how things like that, like, and like shift. Isn't, isn't it? There has been such a weird shift in the Star Wars view of the, the nine movies at the moment where for so long, for like, for almost as long as I can remember the prequel trilogy was just like the butt of every joke. It was like, there was no redeeming qualities. Everyone just agreed Jar Jar was the worst and the Anakin's acting was so bad and the plot lines, the, sorry, this guy hired this guy to hire this guy to kill that person. And they, you know, like it, it was like it, super heavy politics. Yeah. Like, you know, nobody could really Jack's follow the, wrong. but all of a sudden within like the last year, like public perception has taken a, a ginormous shift. And it seems like the prequels are like, ah, we love the prequels. You want more Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan? Bring us a show. Right, like, right, they right. They are beloved memories S- now. Stab me right in my nostalgia, why don't you? I know, it's, it is crazy to me, like, how public perception has shifted, like, on a dime. And it's like, not in the, uh, maybe it's because of the sequels all of a sudden, the sequel trilogy. But even those, people are just like, I love all nine. I love all nine. Right, right. These are my favorites. All nine are good. Well, the, okay, this, the Star Wars fandom, and this is not a hot take. This is just, I, I feel like everybody knows this about Star Wars, is that, like, n- nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah no no one hates Star Wars. Like, people who love Star Wars. It, yes. It, and I almost wonder if, like, maybe what's, what's slowly happening is that, like, everybody's starting to, like, realize that they've become such, like, a, a dangerous group to be a part of because... Mm-hmm. Like almost any even like gentle opinion and that you have about Star Wars could almost like start like a fight. Like people like so quickly, they're so passionate about their like specific stance on it that if you get going on anything, it's like, oh man, right. I have I have stepped into the ring. You have stepped right into it. Yeah, yeah this is this is the way of the this is the way. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> even mean to. This is the way. That is definitely the way of the Star Wars fandom, though, where it is just it, I, I feel like maybe it's calming down a little bit. I feel like the Mandalorian has done leaps and bounds to like smooth over a lot of the rough edges. Everyone's like, oh, hey, man, we really like this. This is good. We we can all agree on this. Yeah, and there may be a lot of that. Like, I think it's it's sort of almost even uh, dialing into that idea of like what people liked about Star Wars is that it was like supposed to be this like space western and things were supposed to be I don't know like clunky and I don't know like yeah. there's there's like a charm to it. It's yeah. it's hard to describe. Do you feel like when you watch? So I feel like that you're I, yeah I, I agree with what you're saying. Like the Millennium Falcon when you're first introduced to it is supposed to be this sort of like clunker ship that like manages to be great but i feel like the longer star wars has been around the millennium falcon seems to have like ascended itself into like not only the best ship that ever existed but like the most well constructed it's like no, the wasn't the joy of it, the clunkeriness of it right like the fact that it like it like everybody is always i don't know i don't even know because it seems like even when they reintroduce the millennium falcon in the force awakens they they still call it like a yeah, like a piece of junk. Right, right, right. Yeah, but it doesn't 
behave like a piece of junk in no, any way. It doesn't. Not not even a little bit. I mean, like in in a full gravity situation, Ray's got that thing like yeah. flipping and diving Exa- in in full. Gra- what a great way to phrase it. In full gravity, the ship that's been dormant for years, yeah, is like yeah, flipping and jumping. I mean, granted, the guns do get locked in position. They do. They do get locked which in is position. Part but- of it, but. One one of my like favorite all time moments, and this is like again, I'm not intending for this to be a hot take. I'm just sure that someone will disagree with me like vehemently. Is is the moment where the gun gets locked in a place? Ray like throws the thruster forward or whatever that handle is, and like the ship like literally like starts like fall forward and goes upside down, and then. Right. Finn can shoot yeah because he's like repositioned and then she like rips it back forward or whatever and it like springs back to life and they're able to leave i don't know i love it <laughs> oh i agree it's like oh you can't aim the gun don't worry i'll aim the whole ship the whole ship yes the whole ship right at it perfectly it's like amazing amazing um, amazing uh the point is though is that I remember when I was doing this fill-in on the the Bacon and Eggs podcast for Tyler, our younger brother, I did not wear headphones and I was recording from my home office because we were doing it like after hours instead of like our office proper, which has like, you know, soundproofing and like microphones and the whole nine yards. And so I'm like sitting in this like completely empty room at my house. So it's like literally a desk with computer and like a Yeti microphone. And I remember I did not wear headphones. And so like my voice was just like echoing throughout the room. I haven't, I have like not actually gone back and like listened to how bad it sounded, but Ethan who had to edit that episode was like, yeah, I wish I had asked if you were wearing headphones. Cause I had to like go through and like cut out like every single echo of like, I guess maybe his voice coming through on my microphone right. yeah, as that, we're talking. That's the answer is that you're wearing headphones because often like if you're streaming, you don't want the game, the 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 volume from the video game coming through the microphone right. as well as through the speakers because then it's going to be doubling up. Or if you're recording a podcast with someone who's not sitting in the same room as you, you don't want their voice through the computer coming into your microphone and creating an echo. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Pro- pro- problems you've probably never thought of if you've never yeah. recorded a podcast before. Right. So these are these are these are the reasons why. But even even like when I'm streaming, I still find myself not wearing headphones and I'm like, eh, just it turns out the volume maybe I just don't have the volume high enough for it to catch, but no one's ever called me on it. So right, whatever. Right. It's so funny, though, because we we're like currently sitting on what is becoming the more fleshed out version of what will be. Oh, yes. The the video version of of popcorn culture. So like, yeah, in the near future, you will actually be able to like watch us have the conversation. That's right. Because how much better will that be? How much better will it be? You'll be able to look last week. This was so fun. We actually spent time building the popcorn culture set a little bit which was a bit of an ordeal because our <laughs> it was like it was weird i feel like how it came about because since we moved into the office we've got just stuff everywhere cardboard boxes abound yeah. as you do when you're moving and we were like okay 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 let's put stuff away let's try and get to cardboard zero cardboard which zero is the, the state to be in you want zero i want no cardboard boxes visible throughout the office this is my goal we're not even close we're we're not there are that, the, i can at least see four Five cardboard sight. boxes from yeah. where I'm sitting currently. That said, we took we took many a cardboard box. We broke them down. We took them to the recycling last week. We did. We took a. We got. We made progress. Astounding progress. But the the big initial hurdle we had to make was we had these two rugs from the old office, and they were just sitting 
right in just right in the middle of everything. Right in the middle of right yeah. in the middle. So and like you like step over these rolled up rugs right. to like get your coffee. Yes. To go to the fridge. Yeah. And you're like, why don't you just put them against? It's like, no, there's no, there's nowhere else that can exist. Right. Because they're so big and there's two of them and they're right in the middle. So it's like, okay, before we can do it, we have to get these rugs down, which means we have to figure out where they're going to go. And because they're the very bottom thing of everything, it means we had the room we're in right now had plenty of cardboard in it. You can bet. It was like, well, the rugs are going in here. So now we have to move literally everything out. Yep. And then once the rug was down, it was like, well, there's no reason to put more crap back on it. Let's just put our, let's just put the popcorn culture chairs there. And it was like, all of a sudden, the act of cleaning up meant, well, we may as well just build the set. I mean, we may as well just do it. <laughs> we may as like, well just while, do it. While we're here. While we're here. Yeah. So it, it all started, it all started coming together, which yeah. is now amazing. Cause like we're, we're like sitting in like the space and it's like starting to feel like real. It feels so real. And the sign looks so good. Oh, I'm I'm so excited for the video portion of the pop. It's going to gonna, it's going to be interesting. I'm very curious to see if there are people who are going to be that much more eager or interested to to tune in in that way. Yeah, to see your crazy fashion choices. My crazy fashion choices. Maybe they can glimpse like Fred Fred the One True Cup. Maybe they could. Yeah. The one and only. But should we have a bit of a cup date? Should, well. Well, uh, cuz I feel like we used to talk about your One True Cup life. My one, my one cup life. Your one cup life, and, uh, and maybe and we never really checked back in. Well, I know, I know, I, I it's true, it's true. We haven't. Uh, although, interestingly, Alice and I were having a conversation about one cup life literally just yesterday, mm. which I thought was interesting because it had also not come up super uh, like aggressively in my life since then. So the answer to the question would be that currently I'm not engaged in in one cup life okay although the appeal is once again washing over me i see so there's been this like we bring it up actually ethan even messaged me a couple weeks ago where we talk about name of the wind the the book series that we've been reading oh yeah and he's like he sent me a message a couple weeks ago and he was like lol you're reading name of the wind and i was like yeah it's like it's amazing and he's like dude you talk about it every single week like (laughs) i I know that you're reading name of the wind and um (laughs) but there's there's this thing about the main character quoth in that he like can always be carrying all of his possessions. Like everything he owns throughout the entire series so far, he can carry at once. Basically. Um, I always like, that's like one of these things where I'm like, Oh man, like when you think about it through that, like that lens that like anything that you're going to have with you has to be like useful enough, practical enough mm-hmm. that like, it's like one of the few objects that you are in fact keeping with you at all times. Like it's, it's like essential personnel, you know? And that's, that is like where there's outstanding appeal for this one cup. It's like, it's like, you really have to like think it through. It's gotta be perfect. Yeah. So I I do have my Fred, which is what I named. Yeah. My one cup, your one cup. For those of you who maybe need a refresher, Ben's ambition to be a one cup life man involved abandoning all other drinkware all other drinkware all other drinkware and he would choose the perfect cup that he would use for all drinking situations and at I all times i can't even tell you how excited i am for the scratches mm-hmm. that fred will obtain yeah through all of his wonderful adventures right in life because like everywhere i go it's going to be put into a variety of cup holders you know, it's going to be dropped inevitably because I'm dings. clumsy. Yeah. yeah. Dings. But each one of those little scratches tells a story. Yeah. And it's like when people see it, they're like, wow, that's a really beat up cup. And it's like, thanks. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like the mark of glory. Yeah. You know, with, with your cup, it's, it's almost like stickers on a snowboard 
Like whenever I was like snowboarding in college, right. you'd be like in the lift line. And if the person in front of you had like stickers all over their snowboard, you were like, wow, they must be good. Like I have no stickers on mine. Yeah. That goes to show how bad I am. Do you know? Okay. So when we once upon a time got electronic skateboards, boosted boards, boosted boards, this was in two offices ago now Two, yeah, I know. How unbelievable is How that? How unbelievable. The thing I miss most about not having an office in downtown Roanoke is that we used to be able to ride the boosted boards to downtown Roanoke so that we could get lunch or whatever. And now that we're here, it would be way more hassle to carry the skateboard down the stairs and ride it literally anywhere because we're just within walking distance of pretty much everything now right we also yeah. have lime scooters in roanoke now yeah. which, which was not the case then. roanoke solved a lot of the the issues that might have surrounded this particular problem but i enjoyed it so much but we got them and i remember we just ordered a big old like package of stickers yeah for the sole purpose of like decking out your helmet per se in stickers for the exact effect yeah exactly. and to me it was like this weird issue I, I felt like I was having a moral dilemma with the stickers. I know exactly where you're going with yeah, this. Yeah. Because I was like, now to me, it feels like the stickers should accrue naturally over the course of wearing the helmet and the adventures you go on. And instead, we have just gotten all the stickers ahead of time and can put them on right now. But we just bought like 100 stickers. We just bought like 100 stickers. So I felt like, like we are like, if people go out and compliment me on the stickers on my helmet, I'm going to feel like such a cheater. Like, yeah. like, will I have earned any of that? But then I'm also like, who, if the whole point, like, who cares? Is this, is this okay? Or it's, or what? I think it's a fine line. I think it it's a, a very fine line. fine line because this was, this was something in college. I, I mean, I've always been like a fan of adorning my objects with stickers stickers or stickers yeah okay go ahead you know like I, I was never much of like a bumper sticker fan but like when i discovered mm -hmm. like the vinyl stickers you know like the ones that you can like it's almost like you have to like sort of put them on and you like peel back the one thing oh, and like yeah. what's left is mm. like the really like brightly like vibrant sticker yeah that's like cut out you know and all that oh, die cut action so yeah. awesome yep. yes <laughs> um like i remember in college i had one of those camelback water bottles yeah and it was like the one with like the bite valve yeah and the bite valve was one of these things that the like bite suck technology the bite suck technology yeah. yeah so that bite valve was something that like we we grew up and our dad was like into uh like racing mountain bikes it sounds maybe a bit more aggressive than maybe it was mm -hmm. it, would, it would it would be like the equivalent of if a family member like ran 5ks um, right. Like it, it wasn't like I'm competing to win mountain bike races. Right. Like right, there's right. a mountain bike race this weekend. I'm going to participate in it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so instead of just going and riding in the woods leisurely, I was going and riding in the woods with like a bib on like a number, you know? Right. So like, like someone was tracking my time. So, um, but anyway, part of that though was like the introduction to me as a kid of Camelback like backpacks yeah where you would have the like the little hose that would come over your shoulder and you could like drink the water from the hose and it was yeah. like just available yeah and i was like i love that and what i loved the most about it was the bite sock technology yeah like it, it had like that like little like thing and so i remember in college and like the camelback water bottles started getting like really popular and like everybody was like carrying them around i was like i have to get one of these yeah um i think i even like say I think they cost like i don't know 25 dollars or something i remember like saving money to go buy one the <laughs> like, camelback water bottle okay camelback water bottle it's so funny to me how water like a water bottle style can become so trendy 
It's true. You know, but like, they do. They do. Like when we were in high school, the uh, the big old now jeans. You remember yes, those? Because they were like, like unbreakable. Yeah, that's what everyone said. They're unbreakable, and people would like throw them in the air and like let them crash down onto the pavement, and like they'd be scuffed up, covered in stickers, of course, covered in and stickers these, and scratches and, and scratches. Scratches. They would have these ginormous wide lip, uh, like tops to drink from. Yep. Yeah. I'm, people would carry them around everywhere. Like had to have the big old Nalgene. Oh, and I remember we had this guy on our, on our cross country team who I like looked up to, I like idolized him mm-hmm. and it was like for like the strange, strangest of region, reasons, but like he had like a, in high school, like an eBay store. Uh, his name was Lee Bradshaw. Oh, and wow. Going full name. I know full name. Wow. It's okay. It's a, I think it's a positive shout out. Lee, if you're out there listening, <laughs> someone is going to find him. <laughs> Someone's going to find Lee Bradshaw and be like, the Carlins were talking about you. Oh man. Um, but no, the, a couple things, interestingly that we've already discussed. That's why, that's why I went full name drop. Yeah. Was one, I'm pretty sure he like bought like ink cartridges in bulk and then sold wow. them individually on eBay. And like you would make like a three to $4 profit on each sale or whatever. And I remember just being like, mind blown that someone like in high school had like figured out to do this. And I was like, Oh, tell me everything about selling ink cartridges on eBay because I could not be more fascinated. Um, yeah, but the other, this, this guy had uh, an idea every week. It was just like doing them. Yes. I think I, once upon a time he was going around to different people from like the senior class. Cause he was older than both of us and was like getting up close pictures of people's eyes and getting them like, f- like making, framed pictures of up close shots of people's eyes and have like, yeah, like a web store. Yeah. Where, yeah. I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like just doing like all sorts of really unique stuff all the time. But I remember one of the things he had like figured out was you had these wide mouth Nalgene bo- bottles, which the issue was that typically if you like tip it back, especially if you're like on a bus, like on your way to like cross country practice or just school or whatever, yeah, you hit a bump, it, you hit a bump. You just like dump water all over your face. Yeah. And there was these like small plastic inserts that he had found that are, that are pretty available now. Like if you go to like the water bottle section at like a sporting goods store or an outdoor store, they're probably just there, but it was this plastic insert that you could like literally fit right into the top of the Nalgene bottle that made it like a sip, yeah. like a sipper. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa, Man, Lee Bradshaw, you're so cool. My goodness. Like, how did you even think to to solve the Nalgene sip cup problem? Mm. Like, which, I mean, obviously, I mean, he didn't invent it or anything. He just had one. But then I, then it was like something where I was like, well, I'm going to track one of these things down now. Like, I need to know how to get it. Yeah. Um. Which even then, you know, we're talking about like early 2000s. Online shopping was not the same as it is today. And like just even going online, I feel like mom was always concerned about like internet hackers and stuff. Sure. And so you couldn't just like go like use a credit card to buy something online because almost certainly you were just giving your credit card number to someone who was. Well, this was that yeah, that was the days of the early internet. Never use your real name. Never use your credit card to buy anything online ever, ever, never. And now it's like people, you know, you before you can even finish setting up your Apple computer, it involves putting in your full name and credit card information. And right, right, like, right. Yeah, this this makes everything else on your computer work when you're buying stuff. Right. <laughs> like, oh, oh, how far we've come. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Uh, so anyway, eventually I found one of those things, and we yeah. were like, we were like now Gene Bros. Oh, at that wow! Point. Look I know, at that. I know. I know. I know. Man. I wonder if he remembers that. I'm sure he remembers the now Gene Brodom. <laughs> So this is okay. Here's a weird one. Here's my my Lee Bradshaw story. Okay, which affects me to this day was flip flops. Okay. So did he I, make flip flops cool for you? Yes, exactly, exactly. So in my mind, like I I like intrinsically 
thought of flip-flops as like a cool wearable type of shoe okay that you might wear to school or whatever but for whatever reason as is often the case with so many things in high school it just depends on which way the wind is blowing and for some this was like when it was like having ripped jeans or something or like if you wore ripped jeans either people like thought it was cool they're like did you rip those yourself did you buy them that way <laughs> right, like, right, right. Does, who cares there, there was there was such a period of time yeah. where when ripped jeans started being sold off the rack pre-ripped people were like livid about it yeah like how dare you how dare you but then other people would wear them and it'd be like oh yeah it does look it doesn't look bad whatever right right, right. so if you yeah whatever so flip-flops were in this category of things that were like wow you're wearing flip-flops okay right <laughs> like it was like a thing that you could be potentially shamed for wearing but i noticed that lee bradshaw was getting away with it because as you, maybe people could tell one of the more like popular people at school yes which oh, by the way let me back that <laughs> up and say there was this interesting thing i think he was a senior when i was a freshman so he was he was older than me he is like one of those people who my the way I remember him as a senior in high school, he still looks older than I currently do now. That's factual. Like, like yeah. Lee Bradshaw at 18 looked <laughs> older and more mature and cooler than I do now at 30. Mm. Well, that's yeah. probably true. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, how is he? Like, by the time I was 18, like I still looked like a kid. <laughs> I don't get it. Weird. Yeah, it was weird. weird. Anyway, continue with your flip flop. So story. anyway, like it occurred to me, I was like, man, if I'm going to if I'm going to make this leap, if I'm going to put myself out on the line. I got to make sure I have flip-flops that like look cool and i just noticed one day because he was someone who could get away with where what you know whatever he did totally fine cool right i was like okay i just looked i noticed his were just like regular brown leather boom like that's it if you get brown leather flip-flops you are safe no matter what right like you cannot go wrong with this you can you can get crazy colors you could go white you could go blue you know you could go green and yellow you could go green and yellow did that eventually you know <laughs> i like, branched out oh, I yeah, branched yeah, yeah, out. of course my yeah. present pair of flip-flops is navy blue and it's got like tropical lining on the inside look at you go it's so fun i oh. love them very much it's too cold to wear them now but this was like this was like i internalized that fact once upon a time i was like if i just get if you just get straight brown leather flip set no matter what yeah and i'm like it, it's like one of those things that like i remember setting in my mind at like 16 or something and like if i reach like as an adult when i reach back and i'm like why do i know this and it's like i go back to that moment I was like this is a weird thing that is just stuck right like hmm this is continuing to influence me today despite growth in almost every other aspect of my life right yeah right, right, right. somehow <laughs> like you had you had such like early like teaching that was yeah. so specific and so yeah. locked in that you know now for the rest like, of forever I learned the rule two plus two equals four brown flip-flops equals cool equals safe way to wear flip-flops safe way to, uh, that being said though i personally hate flip-flops you don't like where yeah you're not you're not you're not a you're not a flop man i'm not not i'm not a, <laughs> i'm not a flop man at all yeah um it's like oh it's one of these things that is just i don't know i don't know how people get over the initial like wear and tear on your feet which is substantial like i've <clears> bought flip-flops once before yeah you know and, and same thing brown leather i was right. like okay you're like, like I'll, i'm like I'm going to do it. Maybe this is, maybe this is like V-necks, you know, I didn't yeah. want to wear V-necks forever yeah. because the frat guys at the college I went to wore V-necks. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I can't be like them. Cause I like, I don't appreciate the lifestyle that they've, that they've got over there. Right. <laughs> and so it was like, clearly it's the V-necks that's doing it. Like <laughs> that's, that's the root, that that's is the, the root hole. of the evil. <laughs> 
<laughs> if only if only someone could get the word out to fraternities that if they would stop wearing V-necks, they, they would have <laughs> I'd to join up. I'd jo- I would join in a heartbeat. I guarantee you they all had Camelback water bottles. <laughs> I, g- <laughs> I bet they did. <laughs> I bet they did. Um, but eventually I, I adopted V-necks. Uh, I bought my first one at TJ Maxx, I remember, for $8. And I wore it and was like, oh, okay, I can do this. I can get away with it. So I had a similar problem with tank tops as well. Oh, uh, where it was like for the longest time, I like couldn't wear a tank top because it was like, no, no. Yeah. yeah again, a tank top. Great example of another thing that would have gone under extreme fire from like the high school male viewpoint. Sure. sure. And, uh, <laughs> like and I even I, I think what finally like tipped you over the edge was rock climbing mm-hmm. once upon a time. And it was the very notion that this is. It's a, uh, it's part of the aesthetic of the sport. And then it's like, sort of like, okay, now that I'm doing it because I have like an associated reason, I can sort of bleed it into my real life. That's exactly That's what exactly happened. That's what it yep. is. Yep. Yep. It was like, I went from like, okay, like I'm going to buy a rock climbing, like brand specific tank top. Yeah. And I remember it even like came in the mail and I put it on and I was like, I like sent a picture to like three of like my close friends. And I was like, does this make me look like a jerk or something? Like, because that was legitimately my concern. Yeah. Is that. By wearing a tank top, people were like, I was going to look like a jerk. Like, look at this guy. Like, wow. I, like, I, like, I wouldn't even be friends with me for wearing this. <laughs> like, it was so ridiculous. Isn't it such a weird, this, man, the moral of the story is that high school is hard. <laughs> yes. People all the time, I feel like you're going through high school and people are like, oh, that's time of your life. Just soak it in. And I'm like, I look back all my high school days and I'm like, who was giving that advice? What was your high school experience like that you were saying? best time of your life i legitimately think the best time of your life comes after college <laughs> like yeah that's like when you you know you like you know yeah have a good job yeah you start like becoming Freedom. yourself yeah you know like it's great you can wear tank tops and flip-flops just you can just go for whenever it whenever you want man next i mean you just do you popcorn culture is supported by arena club okay so you guys know that i love trading card games and that me and ben are big time collectors of pokemon cards you know it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth and like even in our office we have not one but two full display cases with some of our all-time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting, you know? To me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like, it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paperclip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value and the not not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. 
And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which, wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay, Ben, let me, I have, in, in this vein, I actually put this in the show notes and we just sort of naturally stumbled into it. Oh, I love that. Okay. This is, I think, the dumbest thing that I, I've ever felt like shame or embarrassment for, like from outside pressure, is what hand do you wear your watch on? I wear my watch on my left hand. You wear your watch on your left hand. Yes. Right. Totally fine. But, Why I'm, do you wear your watch on your left hand? I'm right-handed. But right. I will say that when I was a kid growing up, I I oh I had like a watched hand like like burnt into my arm from yeah. like wearing a watch for so long. Yeah. And I always wore it on my right hand and constantly adults would ask me, Oh, are you left handed? Right. And I would be like, No. And they're like, Well, why are you wearing your your watch on your right hand? Yes. And I was like, Because I'm right handed. And it was like in my mind, it was like in the same way that I throw balls with this hand or write letters with this hand, I that's the wrist I turn to check the time. Exactly. Right. This is exactly the thing. So watch handedness has nothing to do with other than that traditionally it is worn on your non-dominant hand. Okay. Right? That's yeah. the only reason you wear a watch. Like traditionally you see people wearing watches on their left hand because 90% of the population is right-handed. Sure. So as such, it is like, I don't, I don't even know how to like phrase it. I guess you're supposed to wear your watch on your non-dominant hand. Yes. Okay. So yes. definitionally though, that means either hand is perfectly acceptable to wear your watch on. 
Because you, it's because just you could be left-handed, right, 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 right. Yes, right. So it's not like it's not the same thing as like a like a like a wedding band or something where it's like it's worn on your ring finger of your left hand, right. Like regardless of which hand you are, exactly. It's always the left. hand. It's always the left hand, right. Watch-handedness has nothing to do with yeah. Like it's not it's not always your left hand, and sometimes left-handed people put it on their right hand, right. It's it is solely determined by your non-dominant hand, right. And for some, and it's like, so, so there, there is no correct hand to wear your watch. And the only reason is because people will say like, if you wear, if you're right handed and you wear your watch on your right hand, then it's just more likely to get in your way. Cause you use that hand for more things. Sure. And then I was, I was looking this up this weekend cause I remembered feeling the shame once upon a time of wearing my watch on my right hand oh. and having people just like, what, you, you know, you're wearing that on the wrong hand. It's like, Unless I'm left-handed. Right. In which case, all of a sudden, it doesn't matter. Is there any shot that you would have just committed to being left-handed from that point on just to prove a point? Because that would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. But no. But it's like, but but there is no wrong hand to wear your watch on. It's just whatever's more comfortable. But people can shame you for wearing it on the right, your dominant hand. Okay. Or or at least I have been shamed in that way. And I just feel like it's so, it it drives me crazy. Because I was even looking, even... At the website I was looking at that was describing this exact thing, like you wear it on your non-dominant hand, and it was like, now most watches have like the um the crown, the part where you like would turn the dial, yes, on the right hand side, and they were like, that's a feature that is typically that way because most people are right-handed, so it is more comfortable to have that on the right hand side, uh, so it's not like digging into your arm, I guess. Because I right. guess if the crown was on the left-hand side and you wore it on your left hand, the crown could dig into your arm. Okay, so my my I think I'm following what you're saying. So like you're talking like if you're looking at your left-hand wrist, yeah, you were talking about like the bolt that sticks out that you could use to like turn and adjust right. the dials. Exactly. Okay, so I would argue that if it sticks out of the right-hand side of the watch face, yeah, that is less desirable for me because then when I bend my wrist backwards, this it, is, yes, it pokes into it. Exactly. I was like, th- I'm reading. I read it like three times. I was like, they must be joking. Right. But so the crown, which is the little dials on the side of your watch you can use to like adjust the time or whatever, is normally on the right hand side of your watch so that if you wear your watch on your left hand, it won't dig into your arm. And I was like, are you this is the most bananas thing I've ever heard, because never once in my life has the problem been that the crown was digging into my arm. But it is constantly because I try and conform to wearing my watch on my left hand. It is constantly digging into the back of my hand, right? Because I bend my hand at my wrist a lot more than I bend my, I don't know, my arm in a way that would cause it to do. And it was just like watches, despite their own design seem to be intended to be worn on your right hand, which to me has, has also been just more comfortable in general. Right. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I know I am an adult and it should be, I can do this. I can wear it on my right hand and I still put it on my left hand. I don't know. Interesting. There's no, there's no, there's no wrong answer. I just don't understand where this came from and I think why, it's, why the shame comes with it. I think it's because it's like one of these things where it's like, it's such a, there's such a small amount of information to know about it yeah. that it's, it's almost like wearing like brown shoes with a black belt. 
It's like at the end of the day, like you could possibly get away with doing it, but like so many people know the very basic rule of don't do that. Yeah. That it's like, it's just way too easy for someone to chime in and be like, well, you see that (laughs) brown shoes, black belt. Mm -hmm. What are they thinking? Yeah. Um, and I think that I feel like that's, that's all it is. It's like, it becomes such a binary small situation to where it's like, huh, that's unusual. It's not supposed to be like that. Like it's going against the grain somehow. Right. But it's really not. And it also affects nobody because it's perfectly acceptable for left-handed people to wear their watch on their right hand. Right. It's like, so what I would be curious about though, is to all those left-handed people out there, if there's any of you listening, do you wear your watch on the left hand? Like, like I almost wonder if it's just become that much more traditional, like to the point where you're right. Like it is the, it's a non-dominant hand thing, but is there any chance that some people have just like literally been like, well, I'm left-handed, but I still wear it on my left hand anyway, because like it's, it's such a, it's so like, it's such a signal to people. Like yeah. it feels like off. Well, watches are another great category for left-handers to complain about because they're typically designed with right-handers in mind. Right. So I say that, I say that, although <laughs> I would say they're actually benefiting because what people would classify as left-handed watches for right-handed people are actually designed to be more comfortably worn on your right hand. I, I follow you. where the crown is. I follow so you. So maybe they're just actually, despite the watch industry's efforts to make it more right-handed, more, yeah, make it easier to wear on your left hand are actually helping out left-handed people because they're actually more comfortable to wear on your right hand. Look at you go, Jay. Look at that. Yeah. So I would, I want to know, I want to know if people have felt the shame for such a stupid thing before. Or just anything. Is it like not even yeah. with this particular, like particular topic, but I mean, we've talked about flip flops, yeah. V-necks, yeah. tank tops, tank tops, all, all things that Watch like have handedness have taken time to like adjust and adapt to and decide like, I'm going to commit to this. Like I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And it's so funny too, because I feel like with all of these things, it's like breaking a seal. It's yeah. like it, actually another one of these examples. And I, I know that we've talked about this before was hair gel. It oh, was yeah. like, we have talked it, about this before. It, it, it was totally one of those where you were like, I really like, I don't, I, I don't want to be like that guy. You know, like it feels <clears> like, it feels like people who wear hair gel, like that's a thing. And it's just not it's like, just, right. Like, like you build it up. Exactly. Exactly. You're, you're much more aware of like what's going on inside of like the space inside your head. Right. But, I mean, I've had this with so many things like, where I've had to justify something. When I grew up my beard for the first time, what I was going through was like, I went through a summer where I would go on vacation and it would be like, I'm not going to shave while I'm on vacation. Because yeah. like, you know, part like, of the fun of vacation. I'll get like that five o'clock shadow, see what's going on. And like, what was really happening was like, I was really wanting to test right. growing out a beard. Yeah. And it was kind of like, you know, like I would get to the end of the week. And of course my, like my beard's not so absurdly robust or anything that one week later you were looking at something that could qualify as like, like you were still in the awkward zone. What you really needed was like two to three weeks or better yet a month. Uh, which for me is exactly, it was like, okay, Hey, you like that no shave November thing. Like, why don't we do that as like a hilarious joke? (laughs) You know, like this, this would be so great. Like we'll grow it out. And then like literally I grew it out and I have not shaved my face since then. Right. And that was five years ago. Yeah. Like that was just like, I've trimmed my beard. Obviously I I don't have like a, you know, mountain man beard. Although if you picture me like that and haven't seen what I actually physically look like, then please stick to that. That's a, I love that image. Ooh. Speaking of which, since people will be able to visually see us now, I wonder if that will like throw off people's perception of like how we are arranged whilst we record. Oh, interesting. You know? Yeah. Like, like where, how do they imagine we are speaking to each other 
you know? Right. Like, is it face to face? Like, is Are it you on the across left? the table from each other? Is it, am I on the left, the right? I don't know. Like if you're, that's, mm, I wonder, I wonder. It'll be, it'll be very fascinating to yeah. see if it, if it throws anybody off. Not going to tell anyone how we're arranged. Also, other question I want to throw out there. I, I feel like I just want to periodically ask this question to the audience is, uh, is there a chance that you found this podcast in the clarification that the other job that we do is the super Carlin brothers, YouTube channel. Yeah. Like, is that like a relevant detail? Cause in my mind I would, I would be willing to bet that 98.5% of people listening are just, they know us from the super Carlin brothers, YouTube channel. Right. They've just like discovered us via that. Right. But I'd like to think that there's like a decent chunk of people that are just here for just this. Okay. So here's a question then. And maybe it please. Yeah. Maybe we should find like a way to discuss this on the Reddit. Are there people listening who don't know what we look like? Ooh. You know? Because that's how I find myself with a lot of podcasters. Yes. And it is so weird to me that when I, I would like listen to a show forever and then I will like, and I have no idea what the people look like. And then like one day I'll finally be like, oh yeah, maybe I'll like, I'm like researching the podcast. Maybe not even trying to find out what they look like, but their images will pop up and I'll be like, so different. <laughs> Could not have been more wrong. Did not picture. See that it, what, the interesting thing about that is that one of the very first podcasts I ever listened to was Hello Internet with CGP Gray and Brady Heron. Yeah, and Brady has like a picture that's like out there. I think he hosts some shows on YouTube. Oh, he's got like twenty eight channels or something. Yeah, so yeah. like you, it's easy to know what he looks like. CGP Gray, on the other hand, though, is like. There, like at least I don't even this may have changed since then, but I feel like there's like sort of famously this characteristic about him that like people don't know what he looks like. Yeah, this is a, extremely intentional on his part to like hide his face from the internet, and okay. you know I mean if you try hard enough you can find it. You can see what he looks but, like. But like he he is intentionally trying to keep his face off the internet. Okay, because I remember we were at VidCon one year, like big big conference for this type of stuff, and you, I remember you like nudging me and being like, "That's gray." And I was like, like, and he was, I think crossing like the street away from us or something. And I like, I remember like looking over into just like this group of like seven people. And I was just like, I have no, I could be any of them. Right. Like I literally like, (laughs) it's like, you were like pointing like at one of seven people who was gray and it was like, no idea. I'm befuddled. Befuddled. That's probably the joy he has about conferences where he can simply walk around completely anonymous. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is, I guess, totally the point. Uh, well, I'm sure there are many points, <laughs> yeah, which is so. a very so. low, low importance one. But yeah, um, I do remember it. What? It, yeah, I uh, I'm not sure what it. I guess I, I think I had found like photos of him at some point, but maybe they're gone. Maybe they're not. But I remember being like, whoa, it, it's weird because it's like someone who's like face you've like ba- barely ever seen. Never seen to say that like Hello Internet and like one of his other podcasts, Cortex, had not like had huge impacts on my life would have been so wrong. And it's like, that's that person. Right, right. Oh, my God. How about that? Whoa. I know. There's. I remember the, the very first episode. I, I've always th- this is like one of those things that like literally stuck with me forever though the, the and I've, it's like almost something where i even wanted to do the exact same episode on popcorn culture just because i love the conversation so much but i think like one of the very first episodes of their show that they have they talk about like if you are a battery with like 100 watts then you have like four light bulbs which is like your health your family uh, let's see here health family and friends work and significant other okay and like the, i think the idea is that at any given point in time you are only a 100 watt battery. Right. Meaning there's like the implied balance is almost like 
if you were to go 100 percent 100 watts into work then it would it would stand to reason that your work life would be spectacular and right. flourishing and doing really well but like the the other implications would be that chances are you're not maybe physically taking care of yourself. Right. You're not communicating with your family mm-hmm. and, and maybe have either a lacking or non-existent like romantic relationship at all. Yeah. And, but then it's also the case that like, if you just put 25 into everything, you're still using all 100 Watts. Yeah. But like all of them would still be maybe not so bright, not so bright. Yeah. You know, like they're all, they're all only like a quarter lit. Right. And so it's like a really just interesting conversation. And I found that it's actually helped me frame the way that I balance a lot of the ways that like I approach life. Like, yeah, you've probably heard me talk before about like why, like going mountain biking to me has its appeal where it's like, I am able to both fill both like friends and like health slash fitness. Right. At the same time. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, to, you know, obviously when it comes down to it, the analogy breaks down at some point in time because people absolutely have positive relationships with their friends, family, you right. know, significant other, take care of themselves and are doing fine at work. Like, but the, it's really interesting to me, I think, to like start to figure like, okay, like these are all the, like the key categories of yeah. life that do need energy put into them yeah. in order to have like the type of desired result that you may want from right. them. And, and also the balance that would come by with putting more energy into any of those. Yeah. Although frequently I think I take it like too literally. Right. And I'm like, wow, 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 wow. Like I, I know, I know right now, like I'm doing like lots of work stuff and it's like, that means my friends, you know, they're, it's like, they're suffering, you know, like I'm, I am, they are thinking about it and noticing it and noticing it. And, and the, they are the, mad at me and they're mad at me. Yeah. That's, that's like the, if, if there's like a party that you've been invited to and you're like, we're not going to be able to make it. Or like, I had this other commitment or like, I'm not feeling well or look quite literally. I don't want to go. Right. Like, it's always in my mind. Like they are going to be like really upset that I'm not there. Right. Like they're going to be walking around this party with 50 other people. And, and you know what they're going to be thinking? Ben's not here. Wow. Wow. Snubbed us. Did Wh- he? What's up with that? Wow. Friendship over. Friendship over. Friendship over. Yeah. And in actuality, there are 50 other people there and your absence is not noticed. Hey, <laughs> that's also kind of sad. It's also kind of sad, but this is like, maybe, maybe not noticed is like the, uh, like, like a harsh way. Yeah. But like it's not, and maybe to say like, you're not missed. Maybe that's not the right way to say it either. But like, it's no big deal. It's, it's okay. You know, it's, it's okay. Your, your, the success of the party is not dependent upon your presence. Unless you were bringing the cupcakes. Unless you were bringing the cupcakes. Unless it's like a six-person game night party, and now we can't play Catan because Ben Niles didn't show up. Right, exactly. Right. So this has actually been... I feel like there's been this big... Uh, like. Uh, thing for like forever with me where I've always thought like hosting a party or an occasion it was like you need like maximum people there and like that's like that is the sign of a good party Mm. you know it's like having like so many people there right and I feel like the thing that like because I uh, normally not during the current times but outside of uh you know quarantine and COVID and all that I typically would throw several parties a year for like different occasions and the thing that I was slowly starting to learn by throwing those parties was just how small of a touch you might have 
with each person in attendance at that party when you are the host. Yeah. So like it may be the case that like if you if you were attending one of those parties, you would seek out our good friend Mike and spend an hour, you know, chatting in the corner with him. Yeah. But when you're the host of the party, you're mostly just like bouncing around as people are arriving or yeah. leaving and being like, thanks for coming. Thanks. You know, I'm so glad you're here. So mm-hmm. glad you were able to stop by. And you have like all these like little touches and almost none of them end up being like meaningful right. in any way, shape or form. Right. They're all like, well, that's not, yeah. The social gain is not from the conversations you have at the party you're hosting. It's from the conversations people have about the party you have hosted. Maybe that's it. Yeah. So Maybe then everyone's it. like, Ben throws great parties. Is that what people say? Well, yeah, I think so. It's like I, the, I would say that the, I liked your parties, except for that one time when that guy shoved that watermelon off the table, right? When me and Ross are about to blow it up with rubber bands. <laughs> I get, I, I'm getting mad just thinking about it. The good news about that story, though, is that it. I, I feel like anybody who hears that portion of it's like, it still sounds like a cool party to be at. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? I'm gonna, I feel like just because that was a weird sentence, I need to explain the situation. I think you should. Yeah, it was yeah, a Fourth yeah. of July party. It sure was. I the day custom- was July Fourth. <laughs> Actually, it was it was the third of the fourth party. Oh, I, I specifically remember it being okay. Yeah, because I think there was like it was like sun. It was like a Saturday, and the fourth was on like a, a Sunday right. or something. So as such, Ben had arranged um, some American themed games with you know watermelons. Yep, yep. Um, as you do. And once upon a time on the Super Carlin Brothers channel, we had a video where we bought like five hundred rubber bands and a watermelon. We did, and we just kept. The, and it was like a time lapse of us putting the rubber bands around the middle of the watermelon until the pressure grew so great that it like blows up the watermelon. It like, yeah, it's like the it, rubber bands, yeah. like literally like cut it in half in such a, such an like visceral way yeah. that like it blows up. Yeah. And it's awesome. It is awesome. It's so cool. It's such a fun thing to watch. Um, and there's like really great slow-mo videos of people doing this on the internet. You can go look those up. So anyway, Ben had arranged uh, for a game where people would race to achieve this. Yes. So you had two bowls sitting on a table and uh, the bowls would hold the watermelon. So you could put, you know, you know, one end in the bowl and the other side sticking out. Yep. So that you wouldn't be falling over. And then you'd have teams of two putting rubber bands around the watermelon as fast as possible. Their watermelon until, you know, the, the first person to blow their watermelon up. One. 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 So anyway. Anyway. Um it's the kind of thing that draws a draws a crowd. It sure does. Because people are like, man, I've never even heard of this. Sounds amazing. It's blow up watermelons with rubber bands. What a great so thing like, to see. It's like, it's like, you know, every every rubber band could be the one. It could it be. It could be the one. So me and my buddy Ross are one team. Um, team Awesome. And we're playing against Team Losers. Okay. And yeah. It's so funny that they chose that name. It was it was an apt name because that's what they were. Um, anyway, me and, me and Ross devised a strategy early on to put on several rubber bands at once, a great teamwork strategy to pull all of them apart. We are crushing our opponents. It's obvious we're going to win. So obvious that at the like near penultimate rubber band, our opponent just looks over, realizes their inevitable loss, shoves the whole bowl off the table. It smashes into the ground. The watermelon explodes. Obviously, because it was you know under high pressure, and now we just added a big yeah, like fall to the ground, fall to the ground upon it. No one got to see it explode in a satisfying way. Yeah, and then it was just it was was sort of like well, wow, that was terrible. Right, like you had like you had like twenty five people all crowded around this like this like crowd like central spectacle, and it was like it was so cool, it was so fun, and then it was kind of like. Well, guys, you know, like the the really cool part, like the whole reason you yeah. do all of this just got yeah. like zapped, right. zip zapsorbed. Wow, zip zapsorbed. Yeah, so mad. So I know. mad. Did you know that for that particular evening, I made custom tank tops 
as party yeah. favors. Yeah, I do remember that. I still have mine. Nice. It said nice. hashtag America on it. America. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. Um, so, so so much fun. <laughs> another another example of how I used to be deathly afraid to like wear a tank top and then right. eventually leaned in so hard that I made them as party favors. Right. For right. attending. Yeah. So to the cool if ever you know what? I gave them out. So if you're wearing them, you're just, you're just part of the party. Just part of the In party. fact if you're not wearing a tank top, you're not part of the you're just part of pooper. <laughs> but team loser <laughs> exactly join team loser water over there right 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 they, anyway they did not get tank tops anyway i'm still mad at that guy so that's understandable I don't even know who he is that was oh my god it was so funny too because it was like it was like a friend of a friend of a friend mm-hmm. like alice was friends with a girl she used to do like pageants with and i'm pretty sure she was attending the party and it was like her husband's friend who was like in town and that day like that day right. how yeah. did he even get on the main stage i know you i know, know? here I, know, yeah. I am your brother right. brother of the host right like obviously i'm up there yeah yeah at this spectacle event meanwhile this jabloni <laughs> well good use of the word thank you yeah <laughs> um anyway anyway no I mean, it was it was it was fine everything worked out but it was yeah <laughs> I wonder how people are picturing your parties now, like a, as if there's a big stage. Like, <laughs> all right, people, gather round. Right. This is why we need a castle. Yeah, exactly. Castle Con. Oh, when events are back, I cannot. I cannot wait for Castle Con. One day. One day. One yeah. Day. There's gonna. There's gonna be so gonna much happen. straw and hay all over straw, the floors. Hay. Horses. Horses. Obviously. Obviously. We'll We're, have. We'll have the watermelon games. Dude, okay, this is exactly why CastleCon would be fun, because there's so many things we can do. Obviously, we're going to have the watermelon game. It goes without saying. Obviously. In fact, may, oh, I just, I mean, I, I'm having ideas about it right now. Maybe there could be watermelon races. Maybe it could be like a, okay, everyone who comes here gets to like, if you, you can like, for a dollar, you can like buy five rubber bands and put them on. And if you happen, like, if you happen to be the one, <gasps> you like, you like, you like, maybe it's like a 50-50, maybe you like win half the pot and the other half goes to charity or something loving it mm, yeah all right this is just off the top of my head i know this is good yeah. riffing yeah excellent right. riffing melon but, popping that's what we can call it right right right, right. popping like the show Ayo, Ayo, i get it yeah, yeah, right. yeah this is this is really good ideas this yeah. is really good ideas. okay great great can horses eat watermelons i don't i don't know i don't, yeah, I don't know, know either i don't know either um, we'll have to find some type of uh castle related animal that can so that we have no waste as well right and then we can also do something with the rubber bands probably mm-hmm. maybe maybe we'll just have like office supplies free office supplies <laughs> yeah free, take rubber band they're covered in you have to clean them yeah they're covered in watermelon goop goop it is for sure yeah the goopiest be careful about that yeah yeah gotta mm-hmm. be super cautious no i i feel like it's gonna be such good times such good times whenever we can get to to castle con right is there any chance that we could have giant catapults to shoot cantaloupes Oh, oh, for sure. Because, the cantaloupe cantaloupe. Let me tell you because um, we we've the castle we have in mind is is situated in Lexington, Kentucky. Okay, as okay. it were, as it were, and uh, it's awesome. And last I was in Lexington, we went to a uh, like apple orchard, pumpkin patch sort of thing. Okay, one of the features at this farm is that you can just like buy a bushel of apples and go shoot them out of their apple cannon. What? Oh yeah. So, oh, so not sweet. only do I think it's possible, but I think such fruit cannons would be within driving distance 
Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Easily love- obtained and or rented for the merriment of the little kernels. Oh my gosh. Fruit canons. Yeah. People are going to show up and be like, it's, it's a really big fruit theme. You know what's, what? Yeah. What's up with that? You know why I like the idea of it being in Kentucky? Was that? Too? Because, because very early on in the pop, we had, you know, uh, beef with big chicken. We sure did. Kentucky fried chicken. Right. The so one- we had the little kernels descend and, you know. So we're like setting up a home base. Exactly. Inside of enemy territory. Exactly. <laughs> Take that, Kentucky Fried Chicken. We're hosting a <laughs> podcast convention in Kentucky. Kentuckians right now are like, why are we the enemy? No, they're not. No, no, no. It's just, it's, it, is just, it is just KFC. Why was it originally... Um, it was the reason that we were... But they were using the hashtag they had, kernels. They had the hashtag popcorn culture. Oh, because they um because they were making they popcorn were making, like, chicken. popcorn chicken. And I they were, see. Yeah, trying to um coin popcorn culture. I think um, we stole it back handedly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why we had beef with big chicken and big kernel and big kernel. <laughs> <laughs> it all worked out very appropriately. Okay, so before we before we wrap up today's episode, sure, we have to hit on two key segments. Okay, corny joke. What a wait. Yeah, let's start. Let's start. Let's yeah. we'll start the, episode the episode is about to begin. All right, guys, let's, let's kick this off. Jay, okay. what did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? Um, broom goes the dynamite. I don't know. That would have been pretty good. <laughs> that would have been pretty good. Can I just stick with that? Can that just be the new answer? <laughs> broom goes the dynamite. Okay, what's the actual answer? Supplies! Oh, no, that's not as good. Yeah. I don't think that's as good. <clears throat> I, I thought it was pretty funny, though. Yeah. And I even put it in italics in my notes here, which I feel like just adds the humor somehow. Supplies! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Classic janitor. Classic just sitting there waiting for someone to jump. <laughs> Surprise with his amazing pun. It's... A- <laughs> Do you don't imagine, get it? Don't you get it? Do you imagine them like holding like like buckets of supplies? Like, oh yeah, they got two bu- yeah like a ten gallon bucket in each hand filled with just all all the janitorial supplies you could need. Oh, anything, sponges, anything. rags, cleaning <clears throat> solvents. Speaking of speaking of, I have recently done this thing at my home where I got really into like laundry cleaning supplies. Yeah, because I, I it was a big TikTok trend that I had to try where you uh, like strip uh, your like towels or like large blankets or something like mm. that. So it may be stuff that wouldn't fit as easily into like a washer and dryer or even, I think it's just supposed to be like a deep cleaning process. Yeah. Um, but I got I like super nerded out over like all these detergents and stuff. And yeah. so like basically what you do is you like, you fill up your bathtub with like hot water. You add like, like borax, like uh, baking. It's, it's like baking soda, but it's not baking soda. It's like right. some type of like cleaning soda. Yeah. Uh, and then like detergent, you know, like you would normally have like Tide, something like that. And so you, you put this like cocktail of chemicals in there and then you throw all of your stuff in and you just like let it sit for like six hours. And it is like the most satisfying, disgusting thing ever. <laughs> just like strips out all the. Stuff from them. It's just like, it's like, you know, towels that I literally just put through the wash. Yeah. So like, as far as I'm concerned, like they clean. clean. Yeah. And you go and throw them in this bathtub. Six hours later, you pull it out and like the water is like 
dark black. Right. You know, it's like, ew. What ew, But awesome and ew at the same time. So what do you do after that? Then you have to wash them again? Because surely they've been soaking in the... They're garbage are, as well. They're, they're in brine. Yeah. yeah. So then, then what I do, yeah, I put them through like a rinse cycle and then yeah. I dry them and Sick. they come out fluffy. Yeah. Real fluffy. I would be curious to know what happens if you put fresh towels from the store. I would also cocktail. be curious. I feel like you would maybe get like some dye strippage, mm-hmm. but I do feel like. I feel like something's coming out of them. There's a huge part of me that's like afraid to look into it because I'm I'm like so sure that there's information out there that's like when you're stripping your towels, it's actually doing nothing. Like this this TikTok phenomenon is just full of pahooey. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's like like well, there are oils in your towels, but they're actually not dangerous and they're exactly yeah, they're right. technically clean. So all it's really doing is delaminating the. Tessel fibers. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> some, some type of techno babble related to laundry. Right. You're like, okay, well, um, the point is I had a, I had a jolly good time doing it. So if, right. if it was no good, that's fine. Cause I was still entertained for an entire day. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. All right. And I assume then you also have a fun fact about coyotes. I do. I do. All right. And really it, it was like, Every, every week it's interesting because I'm like, what's a different way that I could like look at coyotes this week? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like there's like the animals themselves, but there's also like the symbol. The symbol and so, that is the coyote. That is the coyote. So I, I have anxiety dreams all the time. I have all of them, like teeth falling out, forgetting mm-hmm. to go to a class, yeah. like just anything you can think of. You're anxious. I'm anxious. Yeah. I'm an anxious guy. <laughs> what, what can I say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was looking up what coyotes in dreams might symbolize. Okay. Would you like to know? Oh, uh, yeah. The coyote symbolism in dreams might also be of a thief, trickster, or a dangerous situation awaiting you, which is kind of like oh, that's negative. like premonition. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, ooh, okay. Be on the lookout. I'm about to meet a trickster. A trickster. But it says, even so, the dream about coyotes doesn't have to be all negative. The animal could be a symbol of the balance and wisdom needed in life. Otherwise, consider it a creative, sacred power coyote magic oh and coyote magic as soon as i saw coyote magic i was like well this is today's fun fact this is today's fun fact that is the least like helpful dream interpretation ever it's like either you're about to be hoodwinked or extreme wisdom it's like <laughs> well that's not okay it could Great. be both depending on maybe maybe by being hoodwinked you gain wisdom <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly right. <laughs> now like, you know not to be hoodwinked right this is this feels like classic <laughs> uh classic like dream interpretation it's like it could mean something bad's gonna happening gonna happen or something good's gonna happen yeah, like, so it could really be either uh-huh. and chances are it has no bearing on anything okay so <laughs> Can I have my money back or no, <laughs> no, that'll be $50. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Every, every single one of you who just listened, if you just had coyotes in your dream, you actually owe me for that dream exactly. reading. For that dream reading. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Exactly. Exactly. Guys. Otherwise I just want to give a huge thank you to just everyone for tuning into the pop. Uh, and we want to give a special thank you to these patrons who support us over on Patreon. That would be Kelly, James Zucker, J Cody Churan, Kayla, Miriam, Rebecca Posey, Michael Hawks, Dom, 
Tom Stace, Robin Asbury, Eleanor Ruse, and Corbin Moldenhauer. Oh, I love that last name. Moldenhauer. Such a good one. Yeah. Such a good one. Yeah. If you guys would like to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash popcorn culture. We have lots of bonus content that comes out every single week, including after the final pop. It's like an extra... 20 minutes of Jay and I just talking about something else. Yeah. Sometimes it's really interesting stuff like pineapples. Yeah, like pineapples. Man, we didn't talk about pineapples today and we were gonna, but we we didn't. Next time, next time we'll have to talk about pineapples. There we go. But otherwise, until next time, pop pop!